to Further Up and Further In. I'm Amy and I'm here with Michelle. Hey Amy, what are we talking about today? We are talking about family sin patterns. Doesn't that sound so fun and exciting? Well, it sounds kind of gross actually and disconcerting and like I want to shut the podcast off already, should I? No, don't. Don't shove it all back in the closet. Close the door. Don't do that. Hang in there. Listen. This is really good stuff. It is good stuff. And it's really important. Why is it important that we talk about family sin patterns? Because it affects us and our families. But I'm a new creature in Christ, Amy. Come on. It's true. And? And sin still has an effect. Yeah. I think it's really important to talk about family sin patterns as much as it's kind of also a yucky feeling because, A, I think it's really hard for us to even be aware of them mm. because they're our normal. That's A. B is because sometimes we think they don't affect us because we've made so sure to not be like Uncle Frank or Dad or Mom or whatever. And yet you're be- still being controlled by it. Yeah. And so we make unhealthy vows to try to protect ourselves from being Mm -hmm. like that, which just ties us in. So, and the uh, the the third reason that would be C, which is good because I was like, if we stop at A and B, yeah, that's not a list, that's a or. But here we go with C. C, Good job. C is that they're so firmly entrenched in us, body, soul, and spirit. Mm. Because this is a million dollar question, body, soul, and spirit. That it takes a lot of vigilance actually to walk in a new way. And so I'll share a little bit of that in my story. And uh, that kind of segues nicely into, so is this a body, soul, or spirit issue? Family sin patterns. I mean, I feel like you already gave that away because you said it's all three already. Oh, you're right. Okay, spoiler. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, it is all three. (laughs) You know, it's the old nature-nurture debate. Where did this come from? Is it in my genes? It is. Okay, I will jump in at this point because this is something that fascinates me. So a whole new area of research is called epigenetics. And what it is is that our environment, our events, circumstances actually change the expression of our genes, which is then passed along to our children. Yeah. What has happened in our lives actually gets transmitted through our genes to our children and grandchildren. So this is a good news, bad news thing, because I'm freaking out already. Oh no, does this mean that it's hopeless? Hey, my dad was born in World War II. He experienced so much trauma before he was five. Does this mean I'm just like hooped? Mm -hmm. It doesn't. And I want to jump in with a really cool, it's not a cool study, but it's fascinating study about um, a researcher over in Israel did a bunch of research on um, the grandchildren and great-grandchildren of Holocaust survivors. And what it was is they found that grandchildren and great-grandchildren had a marked increase in nightmares that correlated exactly with their grandparents' Holocaust experience, even if they've had... Even though they'd never been told, some of them had never never even heard the stories. Didn't know their grandparents, they still had nightmares that reflected exactly what was happening. So it's really fascinating. Stuff does get passed on our genes on in our genes, but that study also says that they're recognizing that when the next generation is made aware of it and takes proactive steps to deal with it, it alters the genetic material yet again. Mm-hmm. So as we deal with our family sin patterns, we're altering genetic material that we are going to pass on to our children. Mm-hmm. So there's also something called a family generational blessing. Exactly. Gets me so excited. This that is part such does. a good news story. So getting on to the soul part. Do we learn behaviors by exposure to people? Yes. 
Yeah, we sure do. The old famous, you know, your kids aren't going to do what you tell them. They're going to do what you do. Yep. So good news, bad news, again, because we can pick those things. And then the third aspect of our spirit person, that traumas and uh, sin, deliberate sin, actually open the door to demonic activity. We've talked about that in our Angels and Demons podcast. And so there is a spiritual aspect of this. And in, in that uh, article, I read the same study about the Holocaust victims. I, I would love, if I was really brilliant and rich, I would do a PhD. And I would do controlled studies on what happens after people have healing encounters with Jesus. Mm, yeah. Because I've worked with a lot of people who had nightmares for no good reasons, and they don't have nightmares anymore. Definitely a demonic aspect to nightmares. Yeah. So this whole addressing this issue, yes, it's body, soul, and spirit. And so is the solution. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was just kind of learning about um, generational curses and blessings and I was having a conversation with my husband and I was like, this is kind of weird. Like, you know, that curses and demonic stuff can be passed down. And he just is like, it makes perfect sense. And I'm like, okay, so tell me why this makes perfect sense. And he's like, well, we're body, soul, and spirit and all of it's intertwined. So in the same way DNA can be passed down, why can't spiritual DNA be passed down? Like it was such a, uh, I don't know why you're having a problem with this, Amy, but in a nice way. And it what? All of a sudden I was like, oh, that actually makes sense. It takes away the weird aspect of it as, and just makes it, okay, we are body, soul, and spirit. So in the same way habits can be passed down, in the same way genes are passed down, spiritual things are passed down. And so for all of our listeners, anyone who's sitting listening to us, the sound of our voices right now, they are a unique package of body, soul, and spirit created by God. God has good plans for them. He put great thought into their lives. He designed their DNA. He picked their 10,000 genes. Like, it's crazy to me. God sees you. He loves you. He saw both the blessing he has stored up for you, and he also saw the trouble Mm -hmm. that would come to you. Because though you were created for paradise, you were born into a world at war. Mm -hmm. And so the super incredible, amazing good news is that God has made a way to restore the brokenness in your family line. And it starts with you. Mm-hmm. Which is so exciting. Yeah. So, because scripture is important to us, right in the middle of the Ten Commandments, when it talks about idols, God says, don't bow down to them or worship them. For I, the Lord, am a jealous God, and I will not tolerate your affection for other gods. I lay the sins of the parents upon their children. The entire family is affected, even children in the third and fourth generations of those who reject me. But I lavish unfailing love for a thousand generations on those who love me and obey my commands. Hmm. So right away in the beginning, there's this cause and effect. We sin, we go after other gods, which we've talked about extensively. What that can look like, we bring pain into our family lines. But when we seek after God with our whole hearts and love him, we release blessing to a thousand generations. Hmm. I love that the blessing is exponential. Mm-hmm. God loves families. He had a good plan for families. One of his first recorded words is, it's not good for man to be alone. And so he created family. And family's meant to be a good thing. And what does the enemy always do, Amy? He always is a jerk and perverts and twists. Yes. Yep. He has come to steal, kill, and destroy. Everything that is good is where he shows up. Okay, you wanted me to quote the actual verse. I was paraphrasing. It, It works. Yeah, okay. You know, the new Amy paraphrase is a real thing. Yeah. Blesses me every time. So where were we there? Families. God made families to be good. Satan hates them. 
because they're so powerful and significant and important. So he has come to every one of us to steal, kill, and destroy in different ways. Good old story in the Bible that's always evidence of generational sin patterns. Are you familiar with the story of Abraham where he lies about Sarah being his sister so that the king, it's the Egyptians, won't kill him because she's so beautiful? Wait a minute. Wasn't that Isaac? Uh, Yeah, because Isaac goes and does it too. Abraham, Isaac, and... Jacob! And then the third generation's a freaking liar. Yep. uh, Deceiver. And so, I don't know, every once in a while I get pushed back. These are not a thing. We are new creatures in Christ. And I'm like, "Uh Mm uh-huh, we are. Maybe better translations would be, old things are passed away and all things are being made new. Yeah. Sanctification is something we walk out. It's something we learn. So, how do we do it? Oh, you know what? Can we just address the elephant in the room first? Okay. I'm unaware of this elephant, but... Yeah, you know this elephant. Because anytime we talk about this, people all of a sudden start to twitch and go, I feel like I'm throwing my family under the bus. Oh, yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. Like dishonoring them, slandering them. Yeah. So I think it's a legit thing to look at. It is an uncomfortable feeling. Are we throwing our parents, our grandparents, whatever? Mm-hmm. Are we throwing them under the bus when yeah. we do this? Are we partnering with judgment, accusation, yeah. blame? Well, here's the deal. you got to deal with your own forgiveness bits first. Yeah. yeah. You need to actually forgive your parents and your grandparents and whoever. You know, great, great uncle way back there did some bad, nasty things. You really need to process forgiveness. You actually have to. Mm-hmm. And that's going to clear up the judgment, the accusation, and the shame. And what I always like to say is this is not about throwing your family under the bus. This is about uncovering the strategy of the enemy and removing its power over your family, mm. which ultimately brings so much honor to our families. Yes. And the other thing I like to tell people is like, hey, <laughs> we're on a level playing field here. All have sinned. If anyone thinks they haven't sinned, they've deceived themselves. Scripture says this. I've sinned. Mm. I've brought pain into my children's lives. I'm not sitting on some pedestal where you know, pointing the finger. It's like, no, it's, here we are. We all need a savior. Mm-hmm. And for the sake of the future generations for the world, we're going to go after this. Yeah. So Amy, what about vows? Have we done a podcast on vows? Can we refer people to a one-on We vows? have not. Mm. Fodder for the future. Yes. So quite often what we'll do is go, you know, for example, this is not my story, but for example, my dad is an alcoholic. I can see the pain and the havoc this has reached on our family. So I will never touch a drop of alcohol. I will not be like my dad is basically the vow. Excellent. Good call not to drink alcohol, but why doesn't this work? Because we're still being controlled by it. Yeah. And we're still setting ourselves up as the ultimate protector of what's going on. It's a vow that's made out of judgment. Um, It's a desire to accomplish something redemptive in our own strength. And really, it's absolutely the bitterness and judgment that makes it a toxic thing. Mm-hmm. So a more positive vow, if we want to stick with that language, is first of all, you got to repent of making that vow. I've seen people say, you know what, I'm never going to be like my dad, exactly this scenario. And you know what? They're workaholics. They're just addicted to something else. The root of the sin is still there because it's in judgment and brokenness. Mm. So forgiving dad, in the name of Jesus, I break the power of this vow that I have made. And I repent of making it. And my commitment is to follow after you, God. Will you teach me how to walk in a new way? Mm, Yeah. Because we're all going to constantly seek ways to medicate our pain. We've got it. Mm -hmm. But Jesus, would you teach me how to walk in a new way? Would you redeem and restore this in my family line? Vows are not the solution. The other thing is secrets and shame. Mm, Yep. That's a big one. So if we want to just keep it all under wraps, because if people knew, then they would think we're actually protecting 
a lie, a brokenness. We're keeping the enemy tucked into a closet instead of bringing it out into the light. The whole thing of like family secrets. Yeah. And they come busting out. Yep. And they come busting out in for further generations. I heard a story of a girl once who was, went away to university after being like this good Christian kid, and she just got wildly promiscuous at school. And she was horrified. She was shamed. She just felt so terrible. Mm-hmm. And she didn't want to go home. She didn't want her parents to know. She couldn't seem, felt like she couldn't stop, which, you know, you can unpack that story in a different way, a different day. The point being, while she was away, it came to the light that her dad had had affairs. Mm. And he had never told anybody. He had stopped, but he had never confessed. He had never repented. He had never brought it into the light publicly. He just done privately with God. And when he discovered what was going on with his daughter, he, for some reason, just felt compelled to confess his own sin. And it brought about a great reconciliation between both of them, a receiving of grace from God. And she was able from that point on, just it just totally shifted the battle for her. Mm. And I thought it was such an amazing example of how a secret she didn't even know But the demonic oppression that came through the sins of the father, that were Mm -hmm. legitimate, willful sins, were then impacting her, and she didn't know what she was dealing with. Yeah, that's a huge thing, right? You you don't know what you're dealing with when when there's secrets. So we're not talking about flapping our dirty laundry around for the whole world to see, but there is a right way to deal with stuff. Yeah, exactly. We're not talking about Facebook posts. No, please don't. Of all the crap. Please don't. Yeah, don't do that. Mm -mm. Confess to the people you've harmed. Repent, clean up your mess, get some accountability, get some health, get some healing for the sake of your family. I don't know if I've ever shared this story on our podcast before, but um, when my first baby was about six months old, I realized I was definitely struggling with a lot of depression. And I've always struggled a little bit with that in the background. I think I've shared parts of those stories. And just the overwhelming feeling of hopelessness, I can't do it, I'm exhausted of just utter emptiness. And I, you know, been reading my Bible and praying and doing all the things. Just felt so overwhelmed with my inability to just kind of kick it that day. And uh, I remember looking down at her and just thinking, for her sake, I've got to do something about this. Mm. I am not going to pass this on. And I didn't know what to do, but I really was. I was really isolated and lonely. We had just moved. I had no one to reach out to. So I popped her into her car seat and I drove almost an hour to the nearest big city. And I walked into a counselor's office and said, I need help. And that was the beginning of a significant process Mm. because this depression thing is strong in my family and I wanted it to end. So just like a generational pattern, what is it? Is it body? Is it soul? Is it spirit? Is it my genetics? I can't help myself. No. Is it my soul? Probably. I was exposed to a lot of patterns of behavior in extended family. I don't know. And was it spirit? Oh yeah. Hopelessness is demonic. Let Mm -hmm. me tell you. And so it was a beginning of a really long journey. And there were days where I didn't want to deal with it. But I would look at my kids and go, that's worth it. Mm, Yeah. So it can be a process walking out this freedom from our family habits, our family patterns. Mm -hmm. So we start by forgiving the people that brought it into our lives. And then we confess it as sin. Mm -hmm. And you know, in scripture, there's this... um, precedent in several places for repenting for the sins that we've committed and the sins that our ancestors have committed, Mm. which I think is so cool. Yeah. So Daniel is, you know, in Babylon, and he's nothing but a great man as far as we can tell. And he knows that the reason Israel has been taken captive is because they've sinned. And so he prays this prayer, we have sinned and done wrong. We have rebelled against you and scorned your commands and regulations. Oh, great and awesome God. You always fulfill your covenant and keep your promises of unfailing love to those who love you and obey your commands. So even though Daniel had been born in captivity or just before captivity, he had not contributed to 
the reason for them being taken away. He still stood and repented on behalf of mm-hmm. his people. And so I think we can stand kind of like a lightning rod in our family line and say, I repent. Forgive me, God, and forgive my ancestors for mm-hmm. what we've done. We have allowed this to be in our families. And today I ask you to take that away. Bless your own sin and then bless your family. Mm, yeah, It's so fun. Bless them with the opposite. I sure notice how... Whatever the strategy of the enemy has been, it's almost like the blessing that God has for us is the opposite of that. Okay. Yeah. So like depression in my life, that hopelessness and despair and inability to just do life fiercely and hopefully, man, that's totally who I am now. It is. I am a catalyst of hope everywhere I go. I'll own that. I am an agent of hope. Mm -hmm. And so what God has for you and your family is probably the exact opposite of the very thing you've struggled with. Which is just so cool right and then just also like highlights to me anyways that the enemy is not original that he (laughs) right where he's like okay god wants michelle to be a catalyst of hope okay i'll just take that away like it's kind of logical when you look at it isn't it it is yeah so the one more thing i sure want to cover before we're done is this always freaks people out it has freaked me out what about my kids Mm-hmm. Have I screwed them up completely? Well, you've screwed them up. I always but not like completely. to say, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> right? No matter how perfect of a parent you are. Yeah. We live in a broken world. We have an enemy. Yeah. And everyone needs Jesus. Everyone so, needs a savior and a healer. And so I've been really honest with my kids. Yeah. I know I've messed up. And even when I haven't messed up, I know the enemy's been there. So would you please feel free mm-hmm. to process that? And I've said, go talk to Amy, process forgiveness. Mm hmm. Rather than protect myself in pride. But like, no, let's deal with this. Yeah. And the truth of the gospel is, man, I feel like we don't live in the fullness of the truth of the gospel. This is what Jesus died for. Yeah. He died for your kids. He died so that when you screw up, there's still hope for them. And man, sometimes I'm not aware of what's going on with me, but all of a sudden in my daughter, I just see kind of like the control kind of start going a little crazy. And I'm just, right, my first reaction is like, okay, like, I'm going to get this sorted. And then I'm like, oh, okay, actually, no, no, no. I am engaging with control. She is engaging with control. Okay, actually, this starts with me. And then I get to, right, if you listen to Mm -hmm. the Spiritual Authority podcast, man, deal with my own control stuff. And then I get to declare it over my children, over my house. Yeah. Freedom from control. And what has God promised you in the place of control? Um, varying things, but just like that, like wide open spaces, Mm -hmm. right? Unfettered, easy. Yeah. Yeah. And so you bring that into the atmosphere when you're walking in that. And Mm -hmm. it's a wonderful thing. Yeah. I like walking in your wide open spaces. Yeah, that's good. You don't (laughs) like walking in my control? No, it makes me twitch. (laughs) But I know you and I love you and I'm cheering you on in this great thing. Yeah. Yeah, So sometimes, yeah, those generational things, for me, it was the recognizing them in my children then allowed me to recognize that it was generational, that it wasn't just a me thing, Mm -hmm. that it was my kids, me, and then noticing some things in the other extended family. Yeah. And the fun thing about this is that, I I mean, I'm a visual person, so I always picture it, man, when I have laid the ax to the root of some of these things, it has shifted things Mm -hmm. like laterally. It has shifted them backwards, forwards. There's times when I've been working through something And um, I picture it being like a sledgehammer going through the ice. Mm. The hole is, you know, where I I smacked it, but the cracks go out and it loosens the hold. 
Yeah. And loosens the power. And one time my sister called me and said, I just had the craziest thing happen. And I was like, man, that sounds exactly like what I went through last week. And I'm thinking, do you think that my pressing into this and just recognizing the enemy and just annihilating it has actually had an impact on my family? Well, that's what scripture says. Mm-hmm. So catalysts of hope and of freedom. You, you brought up something I think is great that we can think family sin patterns are the big deals like addiction, abuse, mm. you know, things like that. But they can also be, family patterns can be things like pride, performance, performance shame, fear, control. control. I mean, you name the sin, yep. and the reality is we've got this stuff in our families. To wrap it up in a nutshell, we forgive the people in our family line that have brought this. We confess and repent of our sin and the sins of our forefathers, and then we bless our family line. Yep. That's it. So as you watch your kids, you might be freaking out. Oh no, oh no. And here's what I want you to do. Recognize it in yourself. Oh, forgive me, God. And then start blessing your kids with the opposite. And I don't care what age they are. Mm -hmm. I had a beautiful, beautiful friend. She's gone on to, she's in heaven now. And she gave me permission to share all her stories. And she came to a lot of this stuff really late in her life. But the fact that she did really got me excited. She was in her 70s, and she came to see me one day, and she said, I recognize this thing that I always thought was just my personality is actually sin. And I was just a little bit, like, wide-eyed. Okay, you know, here's somebody that's older than me. I hugely respect and love them. So I just want to sit with you and process this, which was an incredible honor. And so she sat with me and did this exactly this. She confessed it as sin, and and she received grace for herself. And then she started to pray over her kids. Mm. That, and she just started to bless them with the opposite. And she just asked God to come and remove the effects of her sin from her children. She received grace on behalf of her children because everything that we've messed up in our sin is what Jesus died to help us fix. Yeah. And she prayed and she just said, God, would you give me an opportunity to talk to each of my kids about this? And before she died, she went to each one of her children. She confessed it as sin. She said, I've done this all my life. I know it's brought pain to you, and I'm sorry. I would like you to forgive me, and I want to bless you. And then she spoke a blessing Mm. over each one of her grown kids. Oh, man, that's so powerful. I know, right? So here we go. Yeah, we were all born in some level of brokenness and difficulty, and we have a great Savior who's made a way. And if we're fierce and brave and lean into this, we we can change so much in our families. And so as we leave our listeners, I just want to bless them with the truth that their life is not random, that they are a recipient of generational blessings that go back a long ways, and that all of this is God's design and master plan. He has also seen the pain of generational sin patterns, and He promises that because of His love, His power, and His blessing upon you, this pain and these negative things will be transformed into good things before the end of your life story. I bless you to know you are not a victim. God has anointed you to be a catalyst in your family line. You are loved. You are a blessing. You are a life giver to the world around you. We bless you as you go further up and further in. 